This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found modern mammals and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Greetings and salutations all the way from Adelaide, Australia. Welcome to another episode of the show. My name is Shane Told. I am your host as always as I chat with other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a band. Today, we have the lead screamer himself, a guy I've known a very long time. This is very overdue. Mr. Andrew Newfeld of Comeback Kid. We've been talking about this literally for years. So finally, here we are. If you're not familiar, I don't know what to tell you. Comeback Kid have been slowly cementing themselves as one of the modern legends of hardcore. And Andrew's a unique case. He started out as the guitar player in the band. And after their lead singer left, after their second record, he took over the vocal duties. And here we are with their new record, Outsiders, their sixth full length, and they show no sign of slowing down. Speaking of Comeback Kid, I am on tour right now with my band Silverstein, and Comeback Kid is on this tour. We are rocking it across Australia. If you are on the great continent of Australia, be sure you pick up tickets, destroyalllines.com. Tonight we're in Adelaide, as I mentioned, but... When you get this, so that'll be that'll be over and done with. But we're playing Melbourne, maybe tonight, if you're listening to this. We go to Sydney, we go to Newcastle, we go to Brisbane. Then we're heading to New Zealand, so Kiwis. I know I have at least one that listens to the show. If you're a Kiwi, get in touch, because I, I would love to know. Um, you know what, if you're from anywhere in the world where maybe I don't expect, you know, get in touch. Send me an email. Or anyone, if you really, if you want to send me an email, feel free. The email address is leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read all my emails, so send me one. Also add us to all the social media uh, stuff, Facebook especially. Have a search on there. We're doing lots of stuff with the Facebook page. But it is pretty cool, you know, thinking about this, just how there are people listening to this podcast all over the world. I don't know how many countries this is in. Uh, I assume you can get it everywhere. I don't know if people actually do. Um, we're on a new platform actually, which is pretty cool. And I can see who's listening at any given moment and their location. Well, not their exact location. Don't worry, but, uh, what country they're in and their region. So it's pretty cool. And I've been thinking about it a lot lately, just the worldwide reach that this thing has. And that is so amazing. Thank you so much to everybody that supports this show, whether you're listening week after week, whether you're telling a friend, or if you're a member of the All Access Club, which I do want to tell you about. I know I talk about it every week. If you're hitting the skip button, I understand, but it really is the best way you can help out the show. For as little as $6 a month, it gets you in, you get bonus episodes, you get bonus content, you get access to an amazing community of other people just like yourself. So many great friends. A lot of people here in Australia, actually. And it's just a beautiful thing. So check it out. 
LeadsingerSyndrome.com slash all access. Again, as little as $6 gets you in. You can pay a little bit more. You can get stuff sent to your house and merchandise and patches and all this sick stuff. LeadsingerSyndrome.com slash all access. Before we jump in, I want to remind you, if you're looking for band merchandise, I have the place for you. Rockabilia.com. They got over half a million unique items, all officially licensed from the bands. The bands are getting paid. You're getting the best stuff possible. So head over to rockabilia.com. And if you use this promo code, you can save 15% off your entire order. The promo code, write it down, PC Jabberjaw. P-C-J-A-B-B-E-R-J-A-W. Save 15% off everything at rockabilia.com. All right, let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Andrew Newfeld of Comeback Kid. You got the big one. Uh, you want a big one? I got a big one for you. If you <laughs> no, want. I, I'm cool. I, I, <laughs> I do. I have two mics just like this, and yeah. it, for the, the listeners, it looks like kind of like a big black penis. <laughs> it does. I mean, you know, it's, well, it's kind of very like that, phallic. That, that uh, the sure the SM7. The- totally. And and this is a very similar microphone to it, actually. And uh, yeah, but so I I remember I I had um, keys from every time I die on, and I gave him one of these, and he's like. Oh Jesus Christ! Look at this microphone. So now, like now, I give you the smaller, more manageable one too, because like this thing weighs a ton too. Yeah. But I find actually that microphone that it's a Beta Fifty Eight. It sounds really good for for podcasts. Surprisingly. Great. So here I am with uh, Andrew. What's up? I, you know, I think this is my first podcast I've ever done with someone in person. Really? I've done like a oh, yeah. couple on Skype. Yeah, but that's never as cool. Skype video, Skype? No, like just like just audio, yeah. And the the, the service drops and yeah. stuff. And right, I know it's the worst when that happens. No, I prefer in person, uh, if possible. But so much of the time, like you know, it's just busy schedules of lead singers or lead screamers. Lead screamers. <laughs> Who coined that? I think you coined that. I'm going to give you credit for it. It's pretty funny. It's like we, I got lead screamer syndrome, baby. Definitely. Are you going to change the font on the ad? I think I will. I'll cross, I'll cross out the syndrome and put screamer, like maybe spelt wrong or something uh, many, like, in like rainbow colors. Many lead screamers just kicking about. It's, it's perfect. No, this is funny. Um, it's funny. I did a, I did a, one of these with uh, over the phone with uh, Scott Vogel, mm-hmm. who I know you know well. And he and right when I started talking to him, he's like, "You sound exactly like Andrew from Comeback Kid." Yeah, you you've told me that, and he's also told me yeah, that. Yeah, and I wonder if people, if it's true. I mean, people listening to this will know. Well, if we have similar voices, or how we speak, or something is the same. I don't know. Maybe it's just the Canadian thing. Maybe, but we're I not know, even from the same part of Canada. I know that Tara bugs Jordan a lot about yeah. his Canadian accent. Apparently, and maybe when he's hanging out with us, or like people in Canada, it comes out more or something, but. <laughs> when you started touring, did you lose your start losing your Canadian accent? I'm not sure, but I definitely got made fun of when I came back to Winnipeg. Like maybe I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I was just on tour." Yeah. Like Winnipegers really like, picked up on that. Like, "Oh, you're on tour." Tour, like, not yes. Tour. Yes. <laughs> it's funny. I know. I know. Same thing happened to me. They were like, "You sound American." I was like, "Do I?" But I, it happens though. Like, you just, like you were we kind of trying to like sound like that when we were eighteen years old, like and going on tour? <laughs> I wasn't trying, and it. it just I think it happens because you you talk to so many people, and of course, like, well, I guess for you, you know, you weren't the front man in the beginning, but being the front man, you well, do well, most four, of the talking. I, when I started tour, well, fig- yeah, I was, figure four. Of I was playing with figure four, right. so that's kind of where. That was before the whole comeback kid thing, right? Right. Well, that's crazy. Well, it's it's good to have you. Thanks for taking the time. We're here in uh, Switzerland. Yeah, it's a lovely day. It's really nice. And uh, you live in Toronto now. I do. And I think when we left, it was what like almost in the negatives, like maybe zero. Yeah, the, and we come here and the, it's twenty-seven. The, We're using Celsius, Americans, but uh, the ice storm in Toronto in April. Insane. Yeah. Insane. But it's very un- unpredictable. But this it's is all great. Good. And so, um. We've been trying to do this for a long time, have a lead screamer syndrome session. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, there's so much to can talk even tell, about. Can you even tell who's who? I don't voices? know. That's the thing. That's the thing. I think I need to maybe put like a 
special effect on my vo- voice, like maybe a little like oct- like octave up a couple notes. Give uh, me the Butch Vig plug-in on mine or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. Um, but dude, it's it's uh, this is great, and um, I don't really know where to begin. I mean, uh, you know, such a long road to get here for yourself with so many projects, so many bands, so many things that have happened. Uh, I don't even know where to start, so maybe just at the beginning. Like, uh, just like how I started touring and shit, shit like No, that, man, like, like before that, you know? Like, uh, I'm, I'm just thinking about growing up in Winnipeg. Before we, we turned the microphones on, we were talking about, you know, Christian upbringing. Mm-hmm. Something that isn't really a part of your life anymore at all, but something that was, you know, important in your adolescence and your youth that, you know, that made figure four what it was was yeah. you know faith and, and religion so maybe start there about you know just your upbringing and what it was like yeah you know like i kind of grew up um uh you know with that kind of church upbringing and going to the school where i was just kind of telling you before it was just you know like hands clapping praise the lord kind of stuff and then it got kind of crazy like when i was in a teenager like there was a lot of like um i don't know if anyone remembers this from like the it was more of a thing in the 90s i assume but like you know people shaking and like demon possession and right. um adult teachers and stuff like kind of like telling you that that's like real and stuff so it was kind of a weird uh weird way to grow up um but also getting into like punk and like no effects and then that goes into getting into you know um i'm from winnipeg so you know um Propagandy and right, sure, um, and then getting into hardcore, and but then there's also, uh, you know, like there's also like I Christian hardcore stuff going on at the time that I got ex- exposed to. So I kind of had a mix of both of that and met some guys that like Madball and a lot. And so yeah. we started. They they were some older guys and they they had a band going called, called Figure Four and they asked me to I I could I'm like oh yeah I could sing in that band so. I had like five bands or something when I was like 16 years old. Right. I was like, yeah, really? that's how it always is. Yeah. And some of them aren't even real bands. They just kind of have a name and yeah. you know who the guys are and maybe you practiced once. Definitely. Right. Krishna beads tied around my neck, you know, <laughs> <laughs> jerseys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so and then, you know, just I think just because that band was pretty hard working, like we ended up like getting tours and like started, started like straight out of high school, started touring with them. Um you know, and then kind of as I kind of got older, kind of fell out of off the Christian thing that just didn't seem real more and more as the years went on. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then you know, I wanted to not sing in a band, and I wanted to play guitar in a band, so I started Comeback Kid. And how did that work out for you? <laughs> Here we are. And then on our way, damn to Australia, it, I have to sing. And then on our, on our way to Australia one time, um, in the days when we were going, or when it was just you guys were one of the only bands that played down down there. Then Bron- yeah. Bronwyn brought you down, yeah, yeah, destroy all lines, of course. Um, but I remember, like, on our way there, Scott's like, I'm going to quit the band. I'm like, please don't. But he did. And so yeah. he, like, kind of quit in the middle of a tour with Ignite once we'd gotten... Like, it was, like, all these tours back-to-back. And then he yeah. quit, and then we just kind of took up vocals, and here we are, like, 13 years later. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, um, were you, you were a guitar player before you were a singer for Figure Four? Like, did you play guitar as a kid? Or did you kind of pick it up at the yeah, same time? No, yeah, for sure. Just played guitar as, as soon as I could. Um, like, I did piano when I was a kid. And then, you know, oh, yeah. when I was like, I guess, whenever I was allowed to get a guitar, like 14, 13 or something. Yeah, and it sounds like, you know, you, you got, like, you know, your influences as, you know, a kid growing up were pretty diverse. And, and I can hear that even, you know, today in Comeback Kid. Like, obviously, it's a hardcore band, but there's elements of, like, thrash and metal. But there's also elements of, you know, some of the, you know... You mentioned no effects, like some of the fat records, maybe the heavier bands on fat records, the more hardcore punk bands, mm-hmm. or not. And it's or not. yeah, it's, it's interesting. Or though, tilt how, and high standard. Tilt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you never know. I mean, high standard had some pretty shreddy, uh, shreddy parts for sure. Uh, yeah. You know, but uh, it's 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 really interesting to me though. Just asking you now, like obviously, there's another band you have called Sights and Sounds, which mm-hmm. is a more mellow kind of thing. So, you know, what were the bands really at that age that to you were the ins- really inspiring ones? Um, like, yeah, I mean, just growing up again, like Propaganda was like my favorite band and getting into hardcore, you know, it was just some of the classics, you know, like I've learned, you know, the, the Victory record stuff like Earth Crisis, Strife and Snapcase and Integrity. And then, you know, that then I heard about Madball and Blood for Blood. and Oh, shit, what is this? You know, and then I don't know, you know, Comeback Kid just kind of wanted to 
obviously, you know, get as many octaves in there as possible. But right, <laughs> right. I'm not really a fan of octaves anymore, though. Isn't it funny how they just became sort of passe? And I think it's because, and we're talking about, for anyone that doesn't know, what we're talking about is like octave guitar chords, which <laughs> if you ever heard no effects, you heard an octave chord. Right. And if you ever heard comeback hit, I mean, the band from, from you know Ontario that used octave chords all the time, which was a big influence on me, was Grade. Yeah, Grade was, yeah, awesome. Big octave yeah. chord band. But I think the reason that they sort of fell out of favor with people is because it's kind of too easy. <laughs> It's like taking the easy way out. Well, what are you going to put here? Ah, just octave chord part. Because it always works. It always works. Yeah. um, I think the last couple records we've done, I'm like, no, there's so many octaves. And like, you know, I would say that to Stu or Jeremy and Stu would be like, but that's what Comeback Kid is. I'm like, no, but Uh, let's get some extra stuff in there. Yeah. Wait, what, chords, would full chords. what would wake the dead beat without, without the, the octave cards? <laughs> like that's the hook. Harmonizing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's funny, man. But um and so many so much to touch on. But you, you bring up, you know, your kind of transition into, you know, from from punk into more hardcore and stuff. And uh, you know, the second comeback kid record comes out in victory. Which mm-hmm. is probably in some ways a bit of a dream. Yeah, you know, for sure. like you, you mentioned, all those legendary Victory hardcore bands, and for Silverstein also being on Victory, we were like, "Oh, this is this is crazy." And I think we signed a little bit before you guys did, but by the time you guys signed to Victory, the kind of word was out about some of the business practices about Victory. Like you must have heard right. some of the you know, quote unquote horror stories mm-hmm. of the label, but you still chose to go that direction what what happened there yeah in hindsight like i mean we probably made a good decision because um <clears throat> the other labels that were talking to us at the time aren't labels like didn't end up right. as being labels okay sure uh, anymore i think you know um and we kind of it was a weird thing we were on a label called face down records they put out our first record um and, and that's a christian label too aren't they yeah of? like i mean dude like they did figure four stuff um, and then, like, when I had the Comeback Kid demo, we were, like, touring off the demo straight off the hop, and I sent that shit to everybody with, like, a T-shirt and everything, you know? No one wanted to touch us, and Jason's like, yeah, well, I'll, I'll put this out, like, cool. Hmm. And uh, so he did the first record. I don't know if he's, we, like, signed for a couple, but what's funny about that is he has he had a band called No One Is In Victim. Yeah. That was also on yeah. Victory, but, like, we somehow we got, like, a trade, so he wanted his own band back so he could put it on, on his own label face down. So, like, we traded, Victory traded, known as in Victim back. Wow. And then we got out, out of the face down contract to get on Victory, and it kind of worked out like that. That's it was so a weird. wild. That's very weird. Yeah, it was a weird thing. Um, and then I, we were just talking about outside here, uh, there was, like, a sampler with Wake the Dead, and that's, like... That really, I think, gave us legs for sure, and yeah, you know, you guys were already doing your thing, but I think we're the only um, couple of the only bands um, that actually like fulfilled our contract with Victory. Yeah, we yeah we Some did honest four Canadians, records. Right? We were on for four, four records yeah. too. Yeah. It was like three. Then three, if you sell an, an, another, like if you sell a certain amount, then you have to yeah. do the fourth one or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, that was that was there too, and we. Well, unfor- unfortunately, we sold too many of our first one. I was like, oh, well, we're near for four records. Yeah. Um, you always sold most of the first go. record. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, actually, our second record did our best, but it was, uh, yeah, it was, you know, amazing what records used to sell, man, like, compared to today. Yeah. Like, I'm sure, like, I have no idea what Wake the Dead sold, but it's probably got to be, like, between fifty and 100,000 copies, right? Or something like that. Yeah, maybe close to and 100, 100 or something. Yeah, 100,000. Like, imagine a record selling 100,000 today. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, who knows? But they're listening to it somehow. Yeah. Like, it's, I, it's, I mean, I don't have, I don't, like, if someone gives me a record, I don't really know what to do with it. I'm very much of a phone. <laughs> yeah. I don't like to have stuff in my house. Yeah. yeah. I try to keep my, everything as empty, and that includes, like, music. I just, I've lost all my music and gotten it back, like, so many times. <laughs> so like, well, that's cool. I, that's kind of not the way a lot of people feel you know Mm -hmm. especially people that grew up with collecting vinyl and all that and collecting vinyl is just as big as ever so i'm a little surprised you saying that because most you know people that come from our school are kind of nerds and i think it's more just like trying not to hoard because i had yeah you know i I have a storage unit that i like pay for that i don't need to pay for right now (laughs) you know just full of like junk yeah collectible stuff that's all right well you brought up um scott Wade, the original singer leaving the band, uh, he told you on the way to Australia, like on the flight? No, it was like, I guess we were doing a tour 
into Australia, and then we had a tour after in the States. So it would be like Canada, Australia, USA. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, on the way to the airport or something, he's like, yo, Andrew, I'm going to... I'm gonna uh, quit the band and stuff. I'll do the Australia tour, but I would like to like leave by like California or something like that. And wow! Like, can you like just make it last for a little bit longer, like to finish the tour? No, no, he had to go. So he'd actually not done a tour with us once before um, that we really wanted to do. It was like Bane and Strung Out or something. So I just filled in singing, oh. and we had a guy that our bass player at the time knew, uh, this guy Casey. He filled in for us. Yeah. And actually, the, like, Casey lived in Minneapolis, so Scott, like, his last show was in Iowa, so, so this kid from Minneapolis drove Casey to Iowa and then picked Scott up, <laughs> drove him back to <laughs> Minneapolis, and he could go home. So, yeah, his last show was in Iowa, besides, like, reunion stuff. Yeah, right, and that was that was cool that you, you guys did that um, later on. I'll get to that later, but um, there must have been some signs then. I mean, if you say that he didn't want to do certain tours, like, was there always a thought in your back of the mind, in, in the back of your mind, like, well, if Scott's, like, out... What are we going to do? Yeah, I guess so. But, I mean, it, we tried it out and it worked. Yeah, uh, it did. But, but, I mean, that's that's tough, especially at where you were in your mm-hmm. career. Like, you know, coming off that huge just, second record. Just too eager beaver to stop. Like, there was no there was no stopping. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it was, it was an interesting decision not to just try to get somebody else and just do it yourself. I mean, you have experience. Mm-hmm. But, again, you said, hey, I wanted to start a band where I was playing guitar yeah, and now you don't it touch a guitar too, anymore. It would have been too weird if we got someone else, like someone random. Yeah, I think vocally, he's—I mean, Scott's such a unique voice, and you know, you're not the same. Yeah. When you started singing those songs that you'd heard him sing, you'd you know heard recorded in the studio, you know, listening back over and over again, did your voice kind of change, like sort of mold into his? Yeah, like I tried to sound like his, like just do the high. Kinda, yeah, <gasps> and is that shouting. stuck with you? Do you think, or is yeah, it kind of changed? Yeah, it's, it's stuck with me, but obviously, like these days, I kind of have a different style, maybe a different lead screaming lead style. Screaming. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, just kind of morphed into what it is now. I kind of yeah. like don't like the first record that I sang on, broadcasting. Oh yeah, not, like I, th- I think that's not the best. We don't really play songs from that record live or anything. I always thought it was a different record. I remember having a conversation with you about it, and I'm just being like, not not like I didn't like the record, but it was different. Like it was mm-hmm. kind of like slower. Kind of liked it. I, I thought I liked it at the time, but then I've like I remember like a year ago listening to it in in my brother's car or something. He was listening to it, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, what was I thinking? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it was a lot of um, a lot to take on, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, because I guess kind of a proggy, like proggy. Yeah, yeah. sort of. And, and I mean, I know that you and Jeremy uh, have kind of always been the the principal songwriters of the band. You know, and, and you guys being guitar players, well, all of a sudden you have a whole another thing to worry about. I think that that's probably what the result was. Mm-hmm. It's just too much on your plate at one time to think about. Yeah, just like um, yeah, not my really my favorite record. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How's your voice hold up on tour? I, I like notice it's a little raspy. I think mine is too. Yeah, it'll get like this. I was a little nervous because we had like two months off. Yeah, um, so do we. Yeah, yeah, so my plan was to go to the rehearsal factory. Um, I have a spot in Etobicoke in Toronto. Um, that I, I was my plan was to go there just to kind of like warm up and like do some like singing along to like our like my iPod or whatever. Oh yeah, but. That didn't happen. I got lazy. I think at the end, and there was a, there was some weather stuff. I couldn't get there or whatever. Yeah, it's it's true. And if if you're like most um, guys, you know that do kind of what we do, screaming and and singing. Um, and for me, I, I I'm I don't want to put words in your mouth if you're, if you're different. But for me, it's like the first week is the hardest. Then after like maybe the first week and a day off, autopilot. I know I could go for months and months and months, oh, yeah. and it's like I'm fine. Um, no matter how long I have to sing or like the conditions or whatever, but that first week is tough and I don't know why I don't do that, but that's a great idea. So you just like what you Blair come back kid and you just scream I in don't, your room. No, I don't, but my plan, <laughs> it was a long break for us. So that, that was my plan to kind of just make, you know, just to cut cause for what I need to do is sing, sing, and then I break it and then I have no voice and then I, my voice comes back and then it's like autopilot. Right. Luckily I feel like I've been kind of like pacing myself a little bit these first couple shows um so i feel like it's still it's gonna be good okay but i could i i could like kind of go with a voice on tour but also just like talk like sometimes i get raspy for sure yeah no it's it's weird too and and sometimes like 
you know, you'll be, for me at least, like, I don't feel great today at all, to be honest. But I know what's going to happen is I'll, I'll be even warming up and I'll be like, ah, like, kind of not being able to get the, the words out. But there's just this thing that happens when you walk on stage and the crowd's there and, like, you hear the, the, the guitar, like, behind totally. you. And you're just like, it's just something switches and it's like, my voice is just there. It just works. Yeah. I don't know if it's adrenaline or, or like, what it is. Have you gone on stage without a voice and then you just did it? Yeah, I've done that too. I mean, I, I haven't. We've Almost never like actually a, a whisper, a whisper gurgle or something like that. Yeah, it's, sometimes it's like weird too. Like I'll have, I'll even tell the sound guy, I'll be like, "Hey, man, just so you know, I'm not feeling great." So like, I'm not saying like bury me, but maybe bury me a little. And yeah. and then halfway through the show, I'm like, I'm actually doing pretty well. Like I wish I hadn't told the sound guy that. <laughs> I always tell tell the, the monitor guys, just give me some like false confidence, give me some like juice on that. And I what a little verb. And I little... like it. I just want to feel like a little bit better than I actually am. You know? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think you know so much of it is like mental and in your head too. Mm-hmm. You know, and like you can look like I could look at a schedule. And obviously, you're probably the same. You look at the schedule and go, mm, that stretch of shows, that could be tough. And But then the second that you do that, you're putting that in your head that, oh, those are going to be hard shows. And then you get to that day and it's like mentally you've kind of fucked yourself up. Yeah. I don't really think like that. But no. as far as like uh, that next week is going to be hard, it's just, it's just the first few days. You just got to be careful. Yeah. After well, it's interesting you say you have to break your voice to... Break, break your voice to make your voice. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of a cool idea, and I don't know why I've never thought to just be like, yeah, just book a little room or like just go in my car and scream break for it a before day. the tour. Then you yeah. have the flight and everything, and the day off before mm-hmm. you're you know maybe um, depending on what your schedule is. But, but I guess it's hard. You guys must not practice very much with so many of you guys living all over the place. Yeah, like I'm in Toronto. Stu and Lauren are in Vancouver, and Jeremy and Ron are in Winnipeg. So. Just, and uh, Americans, Americans probably are like, oh, so what is that? Like a couple hours of driving. So <laughs> that is like from like Detroit to Minneapolis to Seattle. Yeah. So yep. yeah, so that's what we don't really practice. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> and, and I guess that makes a full on thing with like your when you have to, you know, not practice but like write and then get together for a record and all that. That has to be a full on like project where like I've never done that because we've always lived in the same area so we've mm-hmm. kind of been able to do it at home and then okay we're in the studio if we're making a record elsewhere um, do you find that that's good for you guys to kind of go into a place where it's a neutral environment I think so um, I think that it's good to um, yeah just like block off like a week or two weeks or something I think that's the best way for myself to get something done like get something done creatively you know because I find that, um, you know, with my band in Toronto, the, everyone works and everyone has, you know, real life things to do. So sometimes it's hard to actually like, I think it's good when you have like a, a week and you put a time limit on things and things have mm-hmm. to get done. Because I'm the kind of person that can really <clears throat> drag it on. Yeah, yeah, I like, think so too. And I don't know what that is, if, if, if that's just like hum, a human thing or if that's a musician thing. Like, I got in the same way, man. I got to make decisions like a lot better as far as even, uh, you know, <clears throat> something, oh, I don't know what the ending is. Let's get both versions. Make sure you save that other version and then we'll decide later. But I, I, I should be more. You think like, so? I, make, yeah. I should make decisions a little better, I think. Yeah, it's weird, man. Like, I mean, we could talk about songwriting all day, but I mean... <sighs> How much of you know the evolution of Comeback Kid has changed as you become obviously a better songwriter, but also more knowledgeable about how like song structure works? Like you guys sometimes use that where it's like, okay, I'm gonna ha- we're gonna have three choruses in a song. Mm-hmm. We're turning it around, maybe not really. Part, part, part. Yeah, yeah. And and how much of that do you, are you like aware of? It's like because because there's this thing when you're a kid, it's like okay, like you're just looking for this an energy. It just has to be energizing part after another, and that that's a song. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it works great, and other times, like you need that chorus. I, is that still something that comes in your head where you're like, I need to kind of have that youthful energy of like not knowing what I'm doing. I'm usually Do you writing. Know what I mean, I'm usually Harvest we're usually that? writing choruses now. Yeah, yeah. Most songs have I, all songs. Nowadays, you're right. And do you start with a chorus when you write now? Sometimes, sometimes, but sometimes I get some sick verses come out, and then it's yeah. hard to top that with a good chorus. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's true. But um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm super aware of that, and just like just trimming down the fat as much as possible. But 
broadcasting really long songs on that record. Not to keep on dissing that record. No, but. that's okay. I mean, I love to hear. You know, I thought that would be a great um, podcast idea, actually. And, and someone's probably going to steal this from me for saying it, but I thought it would be a great thing to interview band members about their least favorite record and why. Right. Yeah. Uh, because I could go on and on about our also our third record, Arrivals and Departures, and, and about how that record I don't like it for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. A lot of it was the environment it was recorded in. Um, but back to broadcasting, was it a bad experience to you for you, like recording-wise? or no, or, it was, or it was personally? cool. You no, had, it was cool, good. yeah, yeah. You I believed think. in it, and then you just were wrong in hindsight. I guess so, in my opinion, no. But, you know, that's, Stu wasn't in the band then. That's his favorite record of ours. Wow. So he claims. Maybe now the newest one that he had a lot to do with <laughs> is his favorite. Yeah, I read that he, he did, like, 20 demos or something yeah. like he just came up with all these song ideas yeah he like came up with all, you know he would send us stuff all the time and kind of made me and Jeremy kind of oh shit we gotta if we right. want to get any songs on this record we should write like you know he's really good at just doing the demos on his computer whereas I guess I'm a little bit I like to be I like to do it at home and then bring it to the I don't want to spend all this time programming the drums and, yeah yeah my yeah, I'm, I'm like that too, and and Paul Mark is like the the guy that's like he's all techie wizard with mm -hmm. his, you know, and, and I'll like record drums and I'll be like like I'll just copy and paste the same fill, yeah, because I'm like whatever it'll be a different fill, like yeah. you can understand it'll be, and then he'll he'll like his songs, the demos will be like so sick with like the best production, and I'm like damn it, you're it's not that your songs necessarily better than mine, <laughs> it's just your demos better than mine. Yeah, he's, like, <laughs> he's changing the uh, what is it called like on the on the on the fills of getting you know exactly yeah. exactly that's funny. Well, bringing in a guy you know, and you guys have had you've had quite a few member changes actually, uh, bringing in a guy that. You know, you knew as a peer, but also as a fan of your band, and now a songwriter for the band, that must be a good thing too, because you have somebody that can kind of see your band from the outside looking in, rather than you know, be, you guys kind of being in this sort of like box of like, well, this is just what, all we know what to do. Yeah, but it's hard to get an outside perspective. Yeah, I think he and he really want one thing with Stu's songwriting is he's you know, like this is how do I say it? it's like he's really writing to Comeback Kid what his verse what in yeah. his mind what Comeback Kid is or sometimes maybe I would want to write something totally different you know what I mean like yeah but maybe because you've he, been there done that and he hasn't right right well in a way yeah you know yeah. like you've you've kind of evolved from okay I like I wrote Wake the Dead, Dead and that was like that record was great and all but now I've moved on where he's like I want to write my version of Wake the Dead in, you a, know way, what in, I mean? in a way in a way but yeah. it, I, he was dude he had so many good ideas and stuff I'm I'm really stoked on the the last thing that we did, uh, Outsider. It's called. Yeah. So no, it's a great record. It's out now. It's been out for a little while now too. So you've had a little time to reflect back. But I remember talking to you about the record and and it's it's a cool record. I wrote some notes. I want to just see what I said. Um, you get pretty it prepared some, for these podcasts. Well, I try. Eh? That's oh, good. Whatever. I mean, with you, it's easy because yeah. I know I already know. Like I I'm like I know your discography. I you know I know yeah, yeah, yeah. about your shit. But some some bands I like have no idea so you know but um but your new record outsider i said like it has it's interesting and somewhat unusual in some of the parts and it's like it's not a straight up hardcore record by any means mm -hmm. but it's heavy and it's melodic and it's you know but you're not really going into like the metal zone at all not really you no know? it's it's and I, I find it i don't know if you were listening to something that inspired that or how that came to be because it's a unique record thanks man yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think that it has metal parts as well. Do you? Yeah. yeah. I but I'm you know just that was that's kind of part of the mixing and the tones and stuff that kind of sure sure that kind of crunch. But um, you know, it's always for me about simplifying, making it and again the song structure and that's kind of where I'm my my head's always going because it's easy to go off on tangents and stuff. So I always think that our songs are getting like more simple in my mind, but maybe they're not. I'm not sure. Like you're saying, it's like we're doing weird stuff, but like I think I think it's impossible for me to not do that kind of. Yeah, well, everybody has their own, um, you know. Uh, like, uh, I was, like I was talking to Fat Mike. Harmonic sensibility. I, I was talking or? to Fat Mike, and he said that he has, um, like musical uh, Aspergers. You know, like like he has he has this like he'll he'll hear a rhythm, and he'll be like, yeah, it's like like this, and he'll, people will turn around and be like, what? Like yeah, it's just just like this. Like to him, it's so obvious and easy. Mm -hmm. and, and like even a producer will be like like trying to 
map it out Where's on the Where's the one on that beat? Yeah, and it's like, and and I think with you guys that happens sometimes. Like some of your rhythms are like unique, like unique, and sometimes simple. Um, and and I f- I always forget the, the names of your songs. There's one that you you guys like play most of your shows, and it's like a simple rhythm. And I'm just like, damn, that's like so genius, cause it's so simple. And you guys tend to do that a lot with just like rhythmically. It's like the chords are just you know it's not like the chords are melodically that interesting they're it's just like all of a sudden there's this rhythm shift and you're like okay mm-hmm. and that i think is just you having sort of a different approach to music maybe that's why it yeah, makes and you unique it, it, it's so funny like those kind of like weird riffs where one person hears it one way the other person hears it the other way and it's based on like maybe a half a beat difference and like yeah. where does where does that riff start or where is that part, you know? I know and then and then it really fucks you Shit, you meant that way? Like, and once you get the other way in your head, it kind of takes you a while. Like, I've just I done know. that with other bands that I'm working with or whatever. And, like, like no, I I meant it, like, the start's here. It's like, no, in my mind, the start is here. I know. <laughs> it's so fucked. And in, in, to give you an example, like, from our new record, we have a song called, it's called Cut and Run. And Paul Mark wrote it, and he sent me the demo, and it's, like, it's one of those songs that's like comes up on the on the like upbeat. So it's right. like it's like one, two, three, four, one. One. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but when he sent me the demo, I did I heard on the one on the one. One and I was like and then I heard the drum fill come in. And my brain just exploded. Oh, I was yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> and everyone's and doing it as well. <laughs> I I couldn't understand the song. Even to this day when I hear the record, I wish we put like a little... Like, just so I know. Because I'm like, there's other people. Like, I can't be the only one that heard it like that. Because the other stuff I've been was like, no, 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 I got it. Oh, there's not there's not even a click. There's no, there's nothing. It just comes in like that. And... You know, and, and it was like we, it was a bit of a blow up in the studio, a little bit because I was like, I really think, I don't think people are going to understand this riff. Uh, and the only thing, the thing that settled it was Josh was like, well, I kind of hear what you're saying, but I kind of like that it does that. I like when songs do that. I was like, right. really, people I, like that? The the exact same thing is happening to me with a sights and sounds demo. Um, it, it it's a part that goes one. So what I actually did, I did like an X. You know that plug in exhale. Has like like voice like oh ah oh no I don't know so I just do like, I don't know ah, like how you wanted the click yeah I got like a, a sample voice to go uh ah, on the one so that you can uh, the from the outside can understand the where the one starts right yeah. right no I was like let's just do like an old school like stick count in anything you know right. like but but you know in 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 a way I guess sometimes that is cool and I can think of especially some of those like old fat records bands and stuff there's always stuff like that because they would do. You know, interesting sort of rhythmic stuff that hadn't really been done, especially like fast double time and everything. Um, so I want to talk about um, Comeback Kid and just how much touring you guys have done and how many places you've gone to. Yeah. And, you know, you, you brought up how you know, we were one of the first bands to go to Australia. Well, you guys were there before we we even were. I don't think so. Oh, no? Or maybe it was very around the same time. But You know I think- what? I know it was before because I remember talking to Bronwyn specifically about you because she said I reminded, reminded me of you. Okay. And that we <laughs> were like leads, the, I don't know. Couple yeah, screamers know, over here. I don't know. But I remember that. And, uh, and I don't even know if you were, I don't think you were the singer at that point though in the band. But, no. But he, yeah, she said that. So I remember that. And But you know, you guys have been all over and like I remember yesterday I asked you if you'd been to Estonia because that's like my background, you know, my grandparents were born there. Because you guys have been to all these crazy places. Is that something that you guys set out to do? Like, hey, we've never been there. Let's try to do it. Or does it just kind of work out organically? Yeah, no, we definitely set out to do it. And, um, you know, I, that's my favorite stuff. The like, not necessarily like Eastern Europe. Sometimes it's all good. But uh, <laughs> South America, Southeast Asia, like where it gets kind of wild. Um, it's, that's That's the shit for me. I love that. So. Because U.S. tours and Canadian tours can be pretty boring, man. Like you yeah. know what to expect. There's nothing like wild's gonna happen. Like I yeah. remember being in Indonesia where they're wiring the stage and like they're not plugging things in. They're like taking bare wires and wrapping them together. Like that's how they're wiring the yeah. stage. I'm like, this is insane. Yeah, like <laughs> I think it. All, I got the taste for like figure four. Uh, a few years into touring, we somehow got a random tour in Brazil. We spent like 20 days in Brazil. It was like 13 shows in 20 days, and we stayed um, at the promoters' like parents' like 
shack in the back of their house on the days off. And we were in a Greyhound bus, and, like, <laughs> it was so funny. Like, um, the, sh- the shows weren't doing, like, that stellar. So yeah. they, they started, like, selling, um, like, spots on the bus to, like, friends and fans and stuff like that so like one time we just showed up on the greyhound bus that their uncle was driving and um you know there's like all these extra people they're like yeah yeah they're just like paying to like be along with you guys and stuff so <laughs> it was yeah i don't know I, I love it so you had that early on then you had some weird weird tour yeah, early and, on well, i think the usually thing, it doesn't happen until bands are a little more established you know I think the thing with, at least. yeah the thing with comeback kid um we just i don't know I don't think we have enough, like a lot of bands tour, love touring the States and mm-hmm. maybe even Canada. And I, it's just, I don't, I think that we need to kind of keep it special and maybe do it like once or twice a year, you know? Yeah. I yeah well, I mean, you've lost two band members, prominent band members to touring so much, you know, like uh, all band members, you, you know, with, with, with Wiggy, um, your drummer, Kyle, you know, living in South Africa, you guys went there, and he's like, "I'm not, I'm not leaving." Well, he quit before that. Okay, we asked him okay. to do the tour, and uh, okay. he found. He, he, but then he, you know, he that didn't last long. The whole South Africa thing, right? But you know, it's interesting. And then Kevin is in Australia now. Yeah, you know, he met a girl down there and never left. And he's got. I know he has a kid, and, and you know, congrats to him. But it's kind of funny, you know. It's like yeah, that that these things keep happening to you guys. You know, it's kind of weird that it ha- hasn't happened too much to you guys. No, no, we we've had one member change in fucking like seventeen years. Or yeah, something. I just kind of chalk it up like, yeah. you know, everyone that's played with us, awesome players, and we've can't really, you know, speak bad of anyone that's played in the band. And um, yeah, like they, you know, you give the a band like three to five years of your life. That's a pretty good stint sure. of like doing that. And just after Especially that, people, when you're in your like twenties, yeah, like, that's pe- kind of prime. You know, yeah, people what people say they people prime move on. Time. You know, and yeah. I I think it's cool to play with new musicians. Like may, maybe for certain um, showgoers, they they really miss seeing a certain member in a band or something. But right. I guarantee you that the show here tonight here, like no one really cares about previous things. You know what I mean? No, and I think like part of it too is the the songs like live on, you know. Like, oh yeah. Like uh, the songs, if you've written, if you've written songs that can last long enough for a band member to go through like whatever five to ten years, it, it, that means something. That the songs have stood the test of time. That generations later, like we were upstairs, we were talking about Hope's Fall, and that you know they're um, they're coming back and they're doing some stuff. Oh really? And you know we're like, wait, the only original member is Jay. It's like, wait a second, he's not even the original member. He wasn't even on the first two records, you know? Oh, shit. And, and what's crazy about that is like that, 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 but people still care about those songs and people are still going to go see that band. And what it doesn't there, really matter. It's it's something about the, 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 the music lives on, you know? What was their like bigger kind of record? Was it like, were they on Trust Kill? Or yeah, they, they were on Trust Kill. Yeah. Yeah, they, they did. Well, I remember. What so that kinda... was the second version of the band because the early version of the band was straight up the shit that I was talking about before with like the crazy like very Christian the, yes. like and like the screaming and like <laughs> yeah I can't remember the name of the first record it's like all white but then the second EP came out uh, no wings to speak of and I remember hearing that record well, I, I mean I, was, I wasn't even that young I was probably like twenty or something and that record kind of blew my mind and Stu, Stu your bass player uh, guitar player Stu like even said that. It's yeah. like, yeah, like when I heard that, like my jaw dropped and it's like, you know, and, and no one from the band was in the band, but it doesn't matter really. Like it's still, that music is still important, you know? Yeah. Well, let's hope to some can, people, let's hope they can pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know what? I got a question for you. Um, you know, Wake the Dead came out in like 05 and broadcasting kind of came out in 07 and it seemed like you guys, you took a lot of breaks. You know, like it was kind of your prime in a way. And yes, you did some tours and stuff, but it didn't seem like you were quite a full on full time band. Maybe that's. Is that accurate? I think that's more of a perception thing. And I've I've heard people say that before, too. Like, even when I go home, like, oh, like you, you know, when you get older, like, oh, you guys are still doing your band and stuff. Right. But like we're again, I think it comes back to um, the, the traveling around the world and playing different places thing is we ended up kind of not maybe sometimes we won't be play North America for like a few months or just, you know, we'll be in Europe or we'll be in Japan, you know, wherever else that you, yeah. we all, we both go now. 
But um, I think that uh, it's funny because it's been pretty consistent. I think in in the whole in the whole like kind of life lifespan of the band, when Jeremy had a kid, we took six months off. Yeah, that was a mind fuck for me. And then uh, this last like two and a half months was like pretty long. So you yeah so you get a little stir crazy when you're away from it for too long. Oh yeah, because I think we're about the same age. Um, yeah, I'm 36. Yeah, I'm 37. So you know, the band's been around and, and been a band for a long time. It's I mean, if you guys have never taken a break, all you do is go on tour, come home for a bit, go on tour, come home for a bit. And when you don't have that back and forth, what do you do? Yeah, now is that the problem. You just now, don't know what to do with yourself. No, no, like I, I just really enjoy traveling and play music. Yeah. Like, um, but now it's pretty consistent. Like Jeremy has like the, has a son now, so. Um, you know, we have a three week usually like limit kind of thing. And then so it's all it's like very consistent now, but it's like not super, super long tours. We're not we're not doing the two month like things anymore. Right. Well, and you also have another project, which yep. is still very active. Uh, I saw that you did a quicksand cover. Yeah. Yeah. For um, that's sick. Yeah. We haven't heard that. It yet. We, I don't have it's not like we haven't released it online. Hopefully oh, okay. by the time that this comes out, we'll put it out. But um it was just kind of one thing. We were in tour, on tour in Europe, and my friend had a studio in Portugal. So, wow. like, you know, it's just about trying to motivate myself and the band to like, hey, let's let's record a cover. It'll take a day. Sure, like, it's not going to take too long. And then that's a really cool thing that we can have. Um, and uh, so yeah, they're putting it out like on a flexi disc for Record Store Day, like New Damages. We're not on the label, but they're just it's just a friend little thing. Yeah. And um, Dine Alone Records, that's a oh, yeah. quicksand right there. Yeah, exactly. I always thought it was, it's kind of funny, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, that band's kind of like, that's been a part time thing, and sometimes we get really serious and sometimes not. But um, doing a record this summer, and yeah. uh, we've been going to record a full length this summer, so I'm pretty excited about that. What was the, and that's been going on for a long time. How, how many, what record is this going to be? How many have you put out? This will be like the second uh, LP, and then the first, or, you know, there was an EP in the middle. But. Yeah. And, and what was the motivation to start? This band, just to do music and like play, you know, be able to sing, do do some different kind of stuff. I don't want to just <laughs> lead scream the whole time. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to just do like you know heavy music all the time. Yeah, you know, I, and we're you know totally, totally. When you do um, a question for you about that, when you do a sights and sounds tour, um, do you find that your voice has the same problem? Do you still have to break it even if you're not really screaming? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, but you know what. Knock on the table. It's this not really wood. It's kind of wood. It looks. It's definitely not real this, wood. But this tour and the last tour, I didn't. I didn't have to break it. It just. I, I was consistent. So um, with sights and sounds. No, no just with comeback. Yeah, just with the voice. The, okay. the voice thing. It's all. It's all working right now. So you guys aren't. I, I remember talking to you yesterday, and you guys don't have any days off. You're just plowing. Just right ten through. days. Just ten days, and then um, have a week off before we go to Australia. Uh, but ten shows in a row can be pretty hard for some people, and you can you just get through it. Yeah, yeah. You don't it, say to your agent, "Hey, I, I need like a day halfway through." Or anything. yeah, but it's ten days, and we need to we need to stay busy. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, the, the, you're playing probably ten shows in a row. I've done ten shows in a row. You're not doing, I don't. You're not doing this week. No, we have a day off tomorrow, and oh, then we have two, and then we have a day off again. So See, day off, day three is perfect for us. Yeah, I know, I know, I I know some guys like uh, Soupy from Wonder Years. He he only wants to do one show. And then a day off, so I guess he can break his voice in one day and recover. Nice. But I, I, we, we didn't say break your voice, but right. that's what he does. I guess is yeah. one, always only one show, which is kind of crazy too. Do you find that a lot of people that listen to this podcast are also like vocalists in bands? I, and stuff I think like that, that I think a lot of people, a lot of singers, do listen to this. I, mm-hmm. Some of them tell me, you know, that they do, and like like for example, Rody from Protest the Hero. I know he's like a huge fan. Like he listens to every episode. And cool. Stuff. Which, you know, so I think there's informative stuff for singers, but it's amazing sometimes on this show we don't even talk about like we've talked quite a lot about singing. Yeah. A lot of times we don't even mention it. Yeah. And at the end I'm like, huh, we didn't even talk about singing. We just talked about whatever else, you know. Yeah. Um so it's 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 cool, but it's definitely this isn't like we're not. I'm not trying to give anyone a vocal lesson here. Right. Not that I'd be really be able <laughs> to teach you. We're the instructional much. video, man. Yeah. Um, no, it's cool. Like because we're going to be going to uh, Australia. Um, yeah, together. Ne- just yeah, about a, next what, month. month. Yeah. And um, that was like the last time we toured together. I think was 2007 or yeah, 2008 with Rise, with Rise Against. With Rise Against, and that was a great tour as well. We I think we were talking about it yesterday with the guys in your band and like. 
you know, Rise Against was just at that point where it was like not like mainstream radio yet. Like it yeah. kind of, maybe they had Swing Life Away or something, but yeah. like the shows were still like like tons of people knew who Comeback Kid were and tons of people knew who Silverstein yeah. were, and it was just that that was a great tour. So. It was, no, I'm, I'm excited to do that that tour with you. The, the Rise thing, I remember it was super weird because we were playing, like I remember in Atlanta, we played The Masquerade, yep. which I'm sure everyone from Atlanta knows that place. It's like maybe a thousand cap room, and I remember it wasn't sold out. And then we played in Denver at Red Rocks, which is like the outdoor amphitheater with 8,000 people. And some 41 played as well. And some 41 jumped on the show. <laughs> and then we played Long Beach Arena. Yeah, remember that, was that and, 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 and Lagwagon and Lag- Strung Out cool, both cool. played. I think, yeah. yeah, they they did add some bands in, but it was still like really weird how that you know I guess Rise Against had had radio success and mainstream success in certain markets, mm-hmm. and then like Atlanta they never had, so they were only worth like seven hundred tickets or whatever. It, it was tr- really strange, but um, that's when we like for me that's when I knew like oh this band is like this is a serious band this is like a big band yeah now look at them. I know. Now look at it. I know. I saw them at Molson Amphitheater, like just th- the summer. Oh, really? It's like crazy. There's like fifteen thousand people there. Insane. That's awesome. Man. Insane. But no, I'm looking forward to to touring with you guys and and um, you know I don't know we we haven't done that much together and I think like you know it's it's always been interesting because we we came up on the same label at the same time uh, and a lot of our fans just heard about us just because of that mm-hmm. and we have a lot of the same fans but I always think. It was like you guys were kind of like on a hardcore, like the hardcore side of things. We were on the fucking whatever they wanted to call it, screamo emo side, yep. and it was like our paths couldn't cross or didn't cross for whatever reason. Is that something you guys think about, like when you're taking a tour? Like, is this band make sense? Is this like lame? Because you guys, you guys have diversity. Like where you can do tours with somebody like, um, like Rise Against is more of a punk band, and you could yeah. obviously do stuff with like. You know, we're talking about Knocked Loose or, or Terror maybe or like real kind of hardcore bands. But you guys haven't done that much with, you know, kind of bands outside punk and hardcore. Yeah, yeah. We try to keep it like pretty um, – we just want it to make sense, you know. Like mm-hmm. um, I remember um, just for like an example, um, you were talking about like Rody earlier. Um, their manager, Rich, was kind of like feeling out the uh, protest, the hero tour that's happening maybe like right now. But it was like – Half a year ago, or eight yeah. months, he's like, "Do you think that would be something cool that like comeback kid would be interested in?" Um, just as like, just like shooting the shit, you know? Yeah. And I think that that would be cool. But then I was like, "Would their audience care about us? Like, would that be? Would we benefit at all from doing that? You know, two totally know. cool bands in their, you know, in their own right. But I just, so yeah, you definitely have to think about like, will this make sense for us? Will that like, yeah." Well, does it, you know, are you well, going to have, have just a bunch of people staring at you? Which, unfortunately, for our style of music, we judge the show on how crazy the people are going as opposed to right. just enjoying the music. Sure. You know of what course, I mean? Of course. Like, that, we're that's in Switzerland. Always a problem. We're in Switzerland now, and as we were saying before, uh, it's a. Uh, they they all love to attend the show, but they're, they're, it's a pretty polite crowd. They pretty, are pretty like, polite lo- here. Pretty low key. Like, they want to listen to the music and. Yeah, well, look at Japan. Japan, they can be so polite. Like, but between songs, it's like you can hear a fucking pin drop. But they pop off. But they love. It. But yeah. they like. Yeah. It. They love it. They love every minute of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. And and I think yeah, that's tough. But I think also, to be completely honest, I think things have changed. And I don't know if, it's, if it comes with the age of the band, the age of the fans. Uh, you do you know, think you that your your guys' fans? Did you do you feel like you're you have a lot of uh, older audience at your shows these days as opposed to? Uh, I think we have a mix, you know. I think it's it's cool because we with our newer records, you know, people are, some people are just finding out about like our new record Dead Reflection. Like some people were just finding out about it and they're like, "Oh my god, this band." So to them it's like new and they want to hear just the new stuff and then there's fans that have been with us since the very beginning that are like, you know, in their late 30s. Mm-hmm. So we have a mix of that and I'm sure it happens with you guys too. You know, and and there's young, you know, young kids coming out for 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 your band. Uh, for sure, but, but what, I guess what I'm saying though is like, I just think that people aren't so worried about genres and like, oh, comeback kids touring with this metalcore band—that's so lame. Right. Like, I don't think that that is as all at all as, as prevalent as it was ten, fifteen years ago. Maybe it's just because people are 
older now or more mature. We've always just done different types of things, you know? Yeah. We always tour different Well, it makes sense for you guys, too, but then at the same time, I sometimes feel like you don't, you know, do things. Has there been any um, other notable stuff that you've turned down that you got offered? Because we don't turn down anything. <laughs> no, no. The only reason why we usually turn stuff down is um, just because of scheduling, really, yeah. and and uh, or if it just doesn't make sense or whatever, but can't really think of too much... Um, like I can't. Not, 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 nothing's really popping out at me right now. We took a we took a tour supporting Avril Lavigne in Japan. Really? So that's about as extreme. What year was that? Uh, two thousand and nine. You said you you turned down a tour? No, we did it. Oh, you did it. We did it. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's that was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. We we so it was in Japan, which is weird enough as it is. Mm-hmm. We played we played the Tokyo Dome. Crazy, <laughs> it was huge, and uh, they. They didn't know what, like, they're like little Japanese girls for the most part, and they probably never heard a band with screaming before. Yeah. It was a, it was a trip, man. But I'm glad we did it, you know? And I think, like, sometimes putting yourself in those situations can make you a better band. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've been lucky to... We haven't really done too many... Yeah, maybe you're, maybe you're right. We haven't really done too many weird... <laughs> Oh, it's all good. Tours. It's all good, man. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, and I appreciate you doing this. Oh, thank you for uh, having the, me. The new record, Outsider, is out now. Um, Outsider's kind of a funny title. Does it mean, do you feel like an outsider? <laughs> what does that mean? It's not it's a like, funny title. I shouldn't say No, I know, it's, I know. It's, it's like uh, every, every, like, every interview, interview, interview when the record, what does, what, you know, what is the meaning of it? No, but, um, you know, yeah, like, come, Stu kind of came up with this title. And uh, I think it's all right. Like he kind of pushed. It's kind of more Stu's title okay. of the band. Uh, He's got a big role in this record. Yeah, it really does. Really does. But um, you know, it's uh, you know, we just kind of felt like we've done our own thing for this whole time. We don't yeah. really feel like we really belong in any kind of um, you know little group of bands or you know any mm-hmm. kind of specific um, you know genre or whatever. You know, we we do we do our take on like hardcore and punk and stuff. But um, you know, it's just kind of about doing our own thing and we feel like we kind of are all, a little bit all over the map as far as you know the the choices that we make and just no it makes and, and just being you know it our, makes sense our, from our where point, you came from and our it point makes, of view from canada as well, as well and just you know yeah well it makes sense you know for for yeah where you come from being from winnipeg i mean you can list the yeah. hardcore bands that i mean that have made it outside of winnipeg and like probably on one hand yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's more than I'm not thinking of, but like, I mean, you know, someone like Propagandi, you know, saying you're their favorite band. I mean, they were a band that like got out and did it. That must have been inspiring for you guys. Definitely. But, I mean, you talk about outsider; they're an outsider too. One hundred percent. They do. No one is like them. I know. They don't like. They don't fit in with anything really. Yeah. Everyone's either too, like you know, with them like every. No one's that really that political. If that makes any sense. And, and yeah, and they you guys with it. just your kind of eclectic background, it's also, you know, similar. Yeah, them alongside a few other people, like, you know, just when I was a te- teenager, were the ones that kind of taught me about human rights and yeah. just rights in general, you know, rights, rights in general. And just um, that take on the world definitely had a huge um, influence on me. So, and you, I'm sure yourself as well. Yeah, well, they're the reason I went vegetarian. Yeah. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't be vegetarian if it wasn't for Let's Talk More Rock. There's like, there's no way. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, dude, thanks for taking the time. Um, I always play music on this show and I don't know what to play. I hmm. mean, Comeback Kid has a, you know, huge discography with a lot of great tunes. What's, um, what's maybe one of your favorite kind of deep cuts we can play for the people? Ooh. Um, it could be from anything. It can even be from broadcasting. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see what would be like a good deep cut. He's going through his phone. I like this. <laughs> do you, are you going through Spotify or do you have this stuff saved on your phone? Or uh... Yo, check out this song called uh, Consumed the Vision. And it's, we have uh, Chris from Flatliners on, the, okay. on this song. It's on, off the new record and it's, uh, it's a pretty fun one, I think. So. All right. Yeah. Shout it out. What is it called again? Consumed the Vision featuring Chris Cresswell. Of Hot Water Music. Of hot water music. (laughs) Uh, Here it is on Lead Singer Syndrome. Lead Screamer Syndrome. (laughs) 
Screamer Syndrome. It's got a pretty good ring to it. I love it. Thank you so much to Andrew for taking the time on tour. I know it can be tough and I think both of our voices are a little hurting back then and maybe at the moment. Uh, I don't know if this is time of year, dryness or whatever, but you can probably hear it in my voice. I'm a little raspy and that's just the way the cookie crumbles, my friends. Next week, we will be back. Telly Smith of the Word Alive will be on the show. They've got a new record out. And what a great dude. He's back for round two. So good to have him. Make sure you are subscribed. Hit that subscribe button. And if you want to help at the show, remember we have the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. That's leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. Check that out. But also if you like the show, please write a review on iTunes. Tell a friend, tell a loved one. Let's keep this thing going. And let's keep this thing growing. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will leave you with a tune. Hard to pick just one. This band has so many great songs. But I'm going to go with a heavy one. Here is Do Yourself a Favor by Comeback Kid on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. I'll see you next week.
Understand I don't need the way following me